0: Don't y'all love, by the way, Tyler back here? Y'all don't know, that man showed up in the middle of the daggum pandemic and I somehow convinced him to come mix sound for us and uh, he has been faithful. Thank you very much, man. I honor you right now. Also, I wanna take some time to honor our dream team. If you come here early and you set up uh, before anyone else shows up and you serve in kids or you do check-in or you hand out connect cards, I wanna honor you, huh? Tear down! Come on, everybody. Listen, everybody in here could be a part of the Teardown team today. You're welcome to come help us. But I just want to honor you. Come on. Y'all give our dream team a hand in this place. <laughs> that is not good enough. Come on. Y'all give our dream team a hand. This room, if you've ever been in here during the week, it looks nothing like this. Like we have to move everything, get it set up. And it is, they do it with a smile on their face. So I love you guys very, very, very much. And I appreciate you guys. But last week we started a series called highs and lows. Y'all say highs and lows. All right, I got to get y'all with me here. We, we forgot we can talk back. All right, this is good. This is good. Um, and we talked about how, to, how, how we have to have the right perspective, because here's what we know. Life is full of highs and lows, but what matters is our perspective. Say perspective. perspective. Right? And we talked about, we needed to view highs and lows through God's perspective, Uh, And we learned and the kind of the last thing we learned last week was that highs and lows are actually best viewed from God's perspective. If you weren't here, uh, we showed that somebody, we showed a picture of somebody that was in a valley. Then we showed a picture of somebody that was on a mountaintop. And that was kind of how we view life. We view life from where we are. We're either in a high or a low. And when we're in these spots, it's hard for us to see God's perspective. Well, God's perspective is like a Google Maps view of the top. He doesn't see highs and lows. He just sees you exactly where you are. And that's how we have to learn highs and lows. But we're going to continue this talk, uh, conversation today. We're going to talk about how to handle the highs and how to learn from the lows. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, when I was a, a senior in high school, um, I was in a rock band called Through a Glass. Shout out tag. If anyone in here has ever listened to us, we're on Spotify. You can go find us at and uh nothing bad in there I thought I would always be proud of things that I did growing up, and I you should see pictures of me from back then. It is wild. Uh, but we were part of a band, and uh, we would actually do quite a bit here in the southeast, and I remember, like, my senior year of high school, we would travel throughout the southeast, play shows, and I would come back for school or something like that. Um, and we were part of working with an organization called Food for the Hungry, which is like the poor man's compassion international, essentially. Like, they, uh, you could adopt kids through Food for the Hungry, and uh, we, we adopted a few kids in our country that our band kind of focused on was Bolivia. So we would do shows and we would try to get people to sponsor kids in Bolivia and this organization actually sent us on my spring break, my senior year, to Bolivia. And uh, we we go to Bolivia, we fly there, and I don't know if you know this about Bolivia, Bolivia is the only country in the world that has two capitals. Uh, Sucre is one of them, and La Paz is the other one. You've been to La Paz, you've gone to Bolivia a couple of times. So, uh, La Paz, little known fact, is the highest airport in the whole world. The airport sits at 13,000, what is it, 13,325 feet above sea level. So. You fly into La Paz and the descent takes about five minutes. I mean, it is like crazy. It, you, it, you're three and a half miles above sea level. That's much higher than Denver. Right? Denver, I think, is a mile or something like that. This is like three times higher than that. And so I, I didn't realize this, but when you're really high up in elevation, you have a hard time breathing air, right? And so, uh, we get off or we, we land the airplane and I'm like, I've never been outside the country before. I'm very excited about this trip and uh, I'm super pumped. And so I jump up out of my seat. Um, and little known fact, we had a pharmacist that was recording this whole thing. He was a pharmacist, but then now he like recorded video. This is, it has nothing to do with the sermon, but, uh, he had had some like drugs on him, like legal stuff, but it was like pills and stuff. And, uh, I was like, man, I can't can't sleep. And this guy, his name is King. I'll never forget this. He looked at me and went, I got you, and so he reached in his bag and pulled out something. I don't know what it was, but he gave it to me, and I took it. I took this pill, and uh, I remember having a panic attack uh, right when we started like taking off. I and I don't. I like flying. It doesn't. I'm not afraid of flying. I'm white knuckling my seat at this point, and whatever King gave me was rocking me. And I remember blinking, and I opened my eyes. We were there. I don't. I don't remember the flight. I remember nothing about it. So. He drugged me. He probably gave me roofies or something. I don't know what he did. So I get up. I wake up out of my slumber. I'm ready to rock and roll. We land. And I start walking down the aisle of the airplane. Not a big deal. What are we talking like? 50 feet. You know, I'm walking and I'll walk. And I get to the end of the airplane. And I'm thinking, I'm going to die. Like, I cannot breathe. I wasn't carrying anything. I had, But, like, the air was that thin. And I'm thinking... Oh, boy, we got to walk out of this airport. we got to figure something out. So right, we ended up making it out to the airport. They, they shove about 48 people into like a minivan, and we drive down the mountain where this airport is. And if you don't know anything about La Paz, it's like in a big bowl. So if, if you look at it, it's almost like you're in the mouth of a volcano. Like th- the middle of it is like a bowl, and uh, there's a city like all around the outside of a bowl. And it's really cool. So we go down the mountain and we get to this spot. and the person that we were meeting there is like, we're going to take you to the most beautiful place in all of La Paz. I'm like, that sounds great. Are we driving there? They said, yes. So I'm like, good, because I haven't caught my breath from like an hour ago when we got off the plane. And so we, we get to this place and like, we're here. I'm like, great. This does not look... Beautiful. This looks like the slums of the town. And they go, No, no, no. We're going to walk up here. And he looks and we look at this staircase, and there's 3,000 steps on this staircase. I'm thinking, they're going to scrape my dead body off of these stairs. There's no way I can make it up the staircase. So we start walking up the staircase. We're right in the middle of the city. I am mad the whole time I'm walking. I cannot breathe. I'm like, and I look back and I've gone like 15 stairs. And I'm like, Lord, Jesus, help me. Like something needs to happen. So I finally make it to the top of this, this place in the city. I cannot breathe. I'm sweating profusely. Uh, I was in no shape whatsoever. And all of a sudden I see everyone and they're looking and their eyes are just like this big. And I'm like, what is it? And I look up. And I see legit one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen. Come on, throw this picture up here. Look at this picture. And this is in the middle. And so if you can imagine, this is, this is like a 360 view. And we're at this point in the middle of the city that you can walk up and you can see everything from there. And I'll tell you right now, as soon as I saw this site, the trip was worth it. Has anyone ever done a hike where you got to the end of it and you're like, that trip was worth it. It was worth the sweat. It was worth not thinking you're going to die or thinking you're going to die the entire time. Like it was worth it. And that's what life is like for some of us who are in a low right now. You're going to get to a high point in life next. But you're going to have to climb. You're going to have to do the work to get there. But when you get there, enjoy the view because it is totally worth it. So today we're going to talk about how to handle the highs. But before we do, I want to kind of throw up a little chart up here because some of you are in a high point in life. And I just want you to know that's okay. Maybe you are on a mountaintop experience. You should not feel bad about that. You should be rejoicing in that. You should be happy that you're on a high point in life. But be because there's some benefits and there's some dangers to being on the high point in life. Let's look at this little chart together. One of the benefits is that you experience more victories when you're in a high point in life. Man, stuff's just going well. God's moving in your life and it's really great. But the danger is this, is that you have less dependency on God. When you're at a high point in life, you don't have to depend on God like you do when you're in the lows, right? The next thing is it's easier to praise. It's easier to come into church and be like, oh, heck yeah, baby, the battle belongs to Jesus because I'm winning the battle right now. But if you're not careful, a danger of being on the highs is that it's a lot harder to pray. It's a lot harder to like, thank God for where you are. It's a lot harder to still communicate with God that way. Also, you you are blessed by the view. You've earned the view a little bit, right? Like you can kind of walk up that mountain and you're like, man, I really love this view right now. It's amazing. But the danger is this, is that you can be blinded by your weaknesses. Watch out when you're on a high because that's where you're the most vulnerable because you kind of let your guard down a little bit. You can be blinded by your weaknesses when you're on a high. So today we're going to talk about how to handle the highs. So here's what I want everyone to do in this place. Okay. It doesn't matter who you are. You're either at a high or low, or you're somewhere in between. I want you to get your phone out, get your something out. Let's take some notes today because this is something that everybody in here can use, right? How to handle the highs. Here's the first thing you got to do. Remember where you came from. Remember where you came from. The people of God have a terrible habit of forgetting where they came from. If you remember the story in Egypt, right? The Israelites had been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds, hundreds, like 700 years. That's way longer than our country has been a country. If you think about it that way, like, it's a long time. Generations and generations they've been in slavery. Well, finally, God sends Moses. Moses leads them out of Egypt, and they're finally free for the first time. It takes them about 48 hours. They get to the edge of the Red Sea, and they, they can't see a way through. To their credit, I would, not be, I would probably be like one of the Israelites. I'd be mad. And all of a sudden, they go to, to, to Moses. They just left Egypt, and they said, take us back. At least we had three meals a day. At least we could like go work and do something. Now you've let us out here. We're going to die. Right? And so they've quickly forgot where they came from. They were on a high. They were free, but they forgot it. And here's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter six, it says, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. So when you're on a high, remember where you came from. God saved you from slavery. God delivered you. Remember where you came from. Take a second. Be humble. Go, hey, I didn't get here on my own. God brought me here. Thank you, God. Remember where you came from. The second thing is this. Embrace. Y'all say embrace. embrace. Come on. Embrace where you are. When you're on a high, this is easy. Oh, man, you love being on a high, right? Like, I love being on the mountaintop. I love when things are going well. Um, uh, how many people in here like going to aquariums or museums? Come on, do y'all have zoos? Anybody like that? Okay. we. I love doing those things. Museums, aquariums, zoos, I'm in. Except for the zoo. I'm kind of zooed out. I don't love the zoo right now. Uh, but here's the problem. When Stephanie and I go to a zoo, an aquarium, or a museum, our expectations and our experiences at these zoos, museums, aquariums, whatever they are, are, are very different. Stephanie will read every plaque in front of every exhibit and read everything about every little thing that's in the zoo or the museum. I, on the other hand, I'm walking through the museum, and I'm like, ah, I don't like that, okay. <laughs> That's cool, cool. Oh, there's a snake in the zoo, cool. And I'm just rolling through. I'm like, let's go, let's get through this thing. And that's how I like to do zoos and museums, and all that kind of stuff. I just like to look at the pretty stuff. I don't need to know anything about it, and then I'll move on. That's how it is. Stephanie, and so I'm like 17 exhibits down, and I'm like, where did Stephanie go? She's at the beginning of the thing. And I'm like, babe. I don't want to be here for 12 hours. Like, I'd like to just zoom through. Let's look at the stuff we like and let's leave. Well, a few years ago, we were in Corning, New York, which is uh, a super cool place. They actually have an extension of the Smithsonian there. And there's an art museum there, which I don't typically love, like, paintings and art. But they had Andy Warhol stuff here. And I'm like, okay, if we're here, let's go see it. And so, we go in there and Stephanie's doing her thing. She's reading about every painting on the walls. And I'm like dying on the inside a little bit. Right. And so, uh, all of a sudden we're getting there and I get to a painting that l- literally stopped me in my tracks. It was to me, the most beautiful painting I've ever seen. It looked like someone took a picture with a camera, like the exposures were amazing. This thing was probably 10 feet long, probably eight feet tall. I don't know. You're about to see a picture of it in a second, but go ahead and throw the picture up there. It was this picture. Now, these are like, like outlets down here. That's how big the painting is. And you can't see it from where you're sitting, but like in the shadows, there's deer in here. And like, there's this detail. And I could have sat and looked at this one painting the entire day. And I would have found new things. I would have found little creatures. And just like something about it made me stop and appreciate where I was just for a moment. Embrace where I was for a moment. You know, when you're in a high, stuff like this will stand out to you. And you'll go, man, I really enjoy this right now. I actually want to read. I probably did read the plaque that's on the wall about this. I don't remember what it said because the painting was that awesome. Now, let me ask you this question. How many people in here have ever taken your children to Disney World before? Come on. How many of you slightly regret taking your children to Disney World? (laughs) Or a a lot, okay? Um, We went to Disney a lot before we had kids. Or not a lot, a few times. And then we moved to Florida and we were a couple hours away, so we had passes. We went to Disney all the time. And let me just go ahead and tell you, uh, if you've been to Disney without kids, and then you go to Disney with kids, the experience could not be more different. Can I get an amen from some parents in the house right now? Uh, and I don't know if you know this. Disney is not cheap, okay? Disney's expensive. And when you're spending your hard-earned money and you're going there, you want your kids to have a good time. That's why you buy them things. That's why you go to those rides that make you want to blow your brains out. Because you you want your kids to have a good time. I'm like, I paid money for this. We're going to enjoy it, right? And, uh, and so I remember the first few times we went to Disney World. And uh, we went with our kids. And we're at the happiest place on earth. Like literally Matt's <laughs> like, no it ain't. I love Disney. I think it is. I love Disney. And and all of a sudden it gets hotter than the surface of the sun. Uh, the kids don't nap. They're hungry because I could buy a small country for the amount of money it costs to get food at Disney. And uh, they're hungry. There's no snacks. It's hot. It's typically about 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We're sitting waiting on, this, on a parade to go through because parades are awesome. And uh, there's no, there's no shade anywhere near these parades. And I have a blanket draped over me because I'm sunburned at this point, miserable. And all of a sudden one of the kids starts to lose it. Right. And then I'm like, you will not act like this on the happiest place on earth. Well, don't you know that when one kid loses it, it's contagious. The other kid starts to lose it. And so now I'm like, i got two of my three kids freaking out right now. And we're at the happiest place on earth. I actually brought some pictures of our children at Disney World. Go ahead, throw these up. Do I have them in there? there's, there's, uh, is that Lucy? Was that Ellie? Uh, Ellie was traumatized by Goofy and she, now go to the next one. This is also Ellie, uh, not loving life right there. We were waiting to meet uh, fancy Nancy. I mean, come on. It's fancy Nancy. And, uh, and I owe her $5 uh, by the way. I told him i I ever use him in a sermon, I owe him five bucks. Um, <laughs> If anybody wants to spot me, I'm joking, Uh, but you just want to grab them by the shoulders and shake them and be like, if you just would stop and look around for a second, you would realize you're at the happiest place on earth. Like, just embrace being here. It's hot, you're hungry, that's fine. But you're at Disney World, right? Like, that's how we are in life sometimes. I wonder if God would looks at us when we're on a high. We're at the happiest place on earth. And all of a sudden, he's given us everything that we prayed for. We start complaining about it. And all of a sudden, he's like, no, 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 no. Look around, dude. You found the wife that you prayed for. You have the kids that you prayed for. You have the job that you prayed for. What could you be complaining about? Embrace where you are. If that's you today, let me just help you. Embrace where you are. God wants you to enjoy where you are. Embrace it. Don't feel bad about it. But the last thing is this, is prepare. Y'all say prepare. Prepare for where you're going. If you're on a high, let this serve as a warning. All right. Not in a bad way, but just understand that life is going to take a turn at some point. And even though you might be on a high point, you need to prepare for where you're going somewhere. Dave Ramsey's about to smile. All right. And for some of us, this is a great financial tool. Man, when you're when you're doing well financially, guess what? Start putting some stuff away. Why? Because a rainy day is coming. Prepare for it. And it's not an unexpected expense if it's expected. So prepare for it. That's the one thing I love about our board here at our church is that we have been very, we're prepared financially. That probably has a lot to do with starting during a pandemic. And we were afraid to spend anything because we were like, who knows if we're all going to live in a few months, you know, like who knows what's going to happen? What if this takes a turn again? And we're prepared for the worst right now. I can tell you that with confidence. I love that about our church. I love that about your generosity and we're prepared for the worst. Why? Because even Though we might be doing good right now. Guess what? Some things can happen that's out of your control sometimes and you need to be ready for it. If you're on a high today, be ready for it. Things can turn. Things can take a turn that you couldn't expect and you can find yourself in a low. The Bible says this in John 16, We've said it a lot lately. I've told you all this, that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. You're going to go through some low points, but it says, take heart because I have overcome the world. So he's preparing us. Hey, you might be on a high point, but guess what? Stuff is coming. And when it comes, you need to understand that I have overcome the world. Here's what some of us need to do today. You're on a high. You're at a high point in life. Here's what you need to do. I love this. Thomas Hansen says this. He says, choose when you are strong, who you are going to be when you're weak. So if you're on a high point right now. How about we make some decisions today that can help us get through the times that we know are coming? Make a decision today to go, hey, when stuff is tight financially, I'm going to choose to still be generous with what I have. Man, when stuff's not going great in my marriage... My my marriage might be great right now, but when it's not, I'm gonna choose to tell somebody about it. I'm gonna choose to still go on date nights with my wife. I'm gonna choose to do these. Decide those things now, so you're not put in a bind when you're in a low, because when you're in a low, you're not gonna make any good decisions. Here's the bottom line today. Highs are meant to elevate your perspective. They're meant to elevate your perspective, all right? Highs are meant to elevate your perspective. Embrace where you are, remember where you came from, and prepare for where you're going. But here's what I know. I know that some of us are not at a high point in life. In fact, I would say that probably most of us are at a low point in life. So how do you learn from the lows? Let's be honest, 2020 was a low for probably every person in this room would give me some head nods if that would resonate with you. Not great. Things took a turn. Uh, Maybe you worked in a field you're in the medical field. My gosh, you deserve uh, the second level of heaven, right? When you get there one day, my goodness, it's crazy. Maybe for you, you tried to start a church during the pandemic and that was hard. Let me tell you, That sucked in a lot of ways. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm sorry for saying that word up here, but that's how it felt. And uh, maybe for some of you, your job just took, it went haywire, maybe you lost your job. Maybe 2020 was a low point. So I think all of us, if you're not at a low, you can at least relate with what we're gonna talk about. I know for me, 2020 started a a journey of anxiety for me, where I was going to counseling. Uh, I, I mean, I was like, what the heck is happening to me? I was stressed. And that was like a really big low point for me thinking, God, how are you going to provide for this? Like uh, no school is going to let our church in. We just moved our family away from a nice job. Like, God, what are you doing right now? I was at a very, very, very low point. And when you're at a low point, believe it or not, there are some benefits, but there's also some dangers. Just like when they're high points, let's put these up here. A benefit for when you're low is this, you're quicker to pray how many know that, that, that whenever you get to a low point in life you're like God I need your help right now God would you please just come through right now God I need you to provide this we lost a stream of income come on God I need you to provide uh, or or God I, like we've been trying to get pregnant we've been trying to start a family God I just need you to come through I need you to make this thing work I need you to sell this house I need you to uh, for I, I need I need to get this job right like I need to do this I need to do that you're quicker to pray but the day is is that you're slower to see the highs you're slower to appreciate the highs another benefit is this is that lows have a way of drawing you closer to God like highs never will that's a great benefit but the danger is if you're not careful uh, when you're in a low you can get dragged deeper drug down deeper into a low It's like a cycle that you don't want to get caught up in. Another one is uh, the low points in life give you a deeper gratitude for who God is. But a danger is you have bitterness toward the bad because you associate the bad with you being in this low point in life. So here's what I want to do. If you're a low today, I want you to especially take notes right here. Here's how we can learn from the lows. First thing is this. Remember where you came from. Remember where you came from. If you're in a low today, remember where you came from. Listen, the darkness of your valley may hinder your sight, but it does not have to cloud your memory. I'm going to say that again. The darkness of your valley may hinder your sight, but it doesn't have to cloud your memory. Remember where you came from. The psalmist said this, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. Some of you remember how your life used to be. And it used to, uh, I used to walk among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. Why am I so discouraged? That's how my life used to be. Why is my heart so sad? But I will put my hope in God. Somebody needs to say that today. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again is what it says. My savior and my God. Now I'm deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. If you're in a low, remember where you came from. You came from a place of a great high, of a great point in life. You just happen to be in a season where it's low. Remember where you came from. The second thing is this. Y'all say, embrace where you are. Do these sound familiar to you? Embrace where you are. This is such an important thing. Have you ever gone to like a pool party or something like that? And how many of y'all have a pool? Come on. Anybody have a pool in here? we got one person. We're coming to Kevin's house for a pool party. we got to get some pools up in this house or this church. Okay. How many of you have ever been to a pool party and you had those friends over, maybe this is like when you were younger, and you knew you didn't want to get in the pool, but these people, you knew that they were going to pick you up and throw you in the pool. How many of you have ever been afraid of being thrown into a pool because you're with those family, okay, everybody, right? And it, may, it ruins the party. Why? because you're afraid of getting thrown in the pool the whole time. You can't, you like, can't be around anybody. Like someone comes up to you like, back up, dude. I need your arms length apart from me. This is pre COVID six feet, please. At least right. Like you are not going to touch me right now. And it makes you ruin. It makes, it makes you like, not like being there because you're afraid of what's going to happen. You're just in fear, right? Like some of us hate being in a low point in life and and we're being robbed of some joys in our life because we're just so afraid of what's going to happen around the corner. I would tell you right now, embrace where you are. Embrace it. Embrace where you are. You've got to let God give you vision in your valley. You have to let God give you a vision for your valley. Why? Why? Because God is still moving when he's in the valley. God is still moving when you're in the valley. God is still moving in your life right now, even though you're going through something hard. And God wants to give you vision while you're down there. And it's vision that you can't appreciate unless you're in a low. You have to let God give you vision in the valley. Uh, I know for us... When we moved here, I told you that I was, I was doing counseling. I was before that, before we were living at someone else's house. We had six kids under six under this roof. Uh, the pandemic was going on. This person we were living with worked at Vanderbilt and had been exposed to COVID. Like the first day it happened, I feel like in Tennessee. And I'm like, we're going to die. Like this is, a, we're going to die. And I started having like anxiety attacks, panic attacks. And I would have to, when you have six kids under six in this house, you can't get away. you like, you can't go anywhere. And I remember sneaking away to this office and I called the counselor that I've been seeing in Florida. I'm like, dude, I, I have to talk to you right now. Like I, I feel like I'm, I'm losing my mind here. And I remember him talking to me, talking to me, talking to me. And finally I got to a place where I accepted where we were as much as I could in that time. And that changed everything for us. And I'm not saying it was because of me, but I think it was because I could then see what God was really doing. There's never been a day where we've lacked anything. There's never been a time where this church has not had a home. There's, and think about that churches were getting moved out of everywhere that were portable. There's never been a time where this church was homeless. There's never been a time where God didn't provide. There was never a time where God didn't bring someone across our paths that were going to encourage us for a season. There was never a time. And it it took me getting a vision for my valley to see that. And let me tell you right now, I am thankful for that part of my life. Why? Because I trust God more now. I have more faith in God than I ever have. And it wasn't, if it wasn't for the valley, I don't think I would have had it. I love what Craig Rochelle says, he says this, says, you might meet God on a mountaintop, but you get to know him in the valley. Some of you, I'm envious of some of you because you're getting to know God in a deeper way that some of us would never understand. You're getting to see God come through. I know for some of us, we were praying during our 21 days of prayer and fasting, God, uh, would you help this family? Would you start this family? God, would you, would you help them get pregnant? God, would you help this happen? God, would you just move in this relationship? And I'm telling you, it, and a lot of us went into the 21 days, uh, with a little bit, we're in a valley and some of us came out of those 21 days with a deeper trust for God because God came through. You depended on God more than you ever have during that time. And now you're on the other side. So if you're on a low point right now, and Embrace where you are. God's doing something in you there that He can't do in you when you're at a mountaintop. You have to embrace where you are. This is one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. It's Psalm 139. It says this Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every moment of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought before it enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey begins. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You know, every step I'll take before my journey begins. You go into my future and you prepare a way and in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. I love this. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go to the heavens, if I go to the mountaintop, if I go to the highs in life, you're there. If I go into the realm of the dead, if I go into the valley, you're there too. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Come on, understand that wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It is impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me for your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as day and there's no difference between the two. I want to tell you today that if you're in a low, embrace where you are because God is there with you. Come on, God is there with you right now. There's nowhere that you could go where God is not. The image that this psalmist that David is painting in this uh, passage of scripture, it's almost like God's presence is like if you were to jump into a pool and be completely immersed and surrounded by water. That's what it's like being in God's presence. And there's nowhere you can go. There's nowhere in a pool that you can go that you're going to be dry right? There's nowhere that you can go where you're not going to be in God's presence, immersed in God's presence. And for some of you, it's hard for you to believe that today, but trust me, God is with you. The word tells us that God is near to the brokenhearted. He's close to you right now. He's, you have immersed yourself in his presence, and he's with you. Embrace where you are. There's only certain things that you can learn when you're in the valley. Embrace where you are. God, give these people vision for their valley right now in Jesus' name. God, would you help them embrace where they are right now in Jesus' name. And the last thing we have to do is this, is prepare for where you're going. I feel like God wants you to know today that if you're in a low point, if you're in a valley, you were on your way to the mountaintop. I believe that with my whole heart. Don't set up camp in the valley. God's taking you to a mountaintop. That thing that you've been praying for, keep praying for it. That thing that you've been wanting God to do, keep believing God for it. It might not look anything like you thought it would look like. It might not come through the way that you think it's gonna come through, but God is gonna take you from the valley to the mountaintop. I believe that with my whole heart. He, he's not a God that's gonna lead you where you are. God is a God about forward motion. He's about taking you from here to there. He wants to see progress in your life. That's why the windshield in your car, it's the biggest window in your car. Why? Because you need to look forward. Not You don't need to look back. You need to put that car and drive sometimes and you gotta drive and you gotta let God take you from here to there. If you're in a low point, prepare for where you're going. You're going to a mountaintop. I believe that with my whole heart. Jesus in this place, come on, bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus in, your, in this place today, I believe that you begin to spring up hope in this place. God, help us believe, help us understand that you don't want us to live in the valley. You don't even want us to live in the mountaintops. All you want us to do is to keep moving forward, God. And I pray that you would help us move forward I pray you would help us take the next step, God. I pray that you would begin to start coming through financially, God, coming through with the job that we prayed for, coming through with starting our families, God, coming through in our marriages, coming through in in the house that we need to buy, God, coming through in every aspect with our kids that have walked away from God. Would you begin to start coming through? Would you get us out of this valley and onto the mountaintop, God? We praise you for what you've done. We praise you for how you move, God. I pray you would prepare us for where we're going today, God, because you're a good father. You're a good father and you're leading us forward. God, help us move forward. God, I pray against the spirit that wants to take us deeper into the lows. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus in this place right now, God, would you begin to encourage us? God, give us faith today. God, prepare us for where we're going. Come on, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I just sense that there's people in this room that feel like they don't deserve to be on the mountaintop. They don't deserve to climb that mountain. They feel like they belong in the valley because of the mistake you made. And I just wanna be, uh, I just wanna communicate what God has for you. Let me tell you right now, God is not disappointed in you. In fact, it's impossible for God to be disappointed. Why? Because disappointment is the gap between reality and expectation. Guess what? God can't have expectations because he knows what's going to happen. There is no gap between expectation and reality with God. He's never, he's not disappointed in you. He's proud of you. And I believe God wants to take you right now to the mountaintop, but he's waiting on you to forgive yourself. He's waiting on you to allow him to take you there. So, God, I pray for that person or these people in here. They feel like they don't even deserve to climb the mountain. They don't even deserve to be up there, God. That is a lie from the devil, and we rebuke that in the name of Jesus, and we speak truth, God. You're a good father. You are leading us, God. Your word tells us that as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God, we don't stay there. We walk through it. And, God, I pray that you would help us continue to walk through these valleys, God. Prepare us for what you have for us. Jesus, we love you. I thank you so much that we serve a God who loves us. We serve a God who is proud of us. We serve a God who did everything that he could do to win us back. You want that relationship with us. And if you're in here today, keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, please. And maybe for you, you want to step into a relationship with Jesus today. You want to start that journey of becoming a believer. And let me tell you right now, the Bible says that when you do that, that God is literally pulling you up out of a pit, it says, of miry clay, something that you're just stuck in. You can't, it's almost like quicksand, you can't even get out of it, even if you wanted to. Well, let me tell you today, God's reaching his hand out and he wants to take you out of this thing. He wants to pull you out of the low and he wants to put you on the journey to a high right now. I believe that with all my heart. And if today you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. And if you could just, no one's looking around. I'm the only one looking around. If you want to make that decision today and start a relationship with Jesus, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. On the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up real quick and put it down. And I'm going to help you make that decision. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to embarrass you. Nothing like that. But I do want to lead you in a time where you can articulate that to God. So if that's you on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three, just slip it up, put it back down. All right. Put it back down. Yes. I see you. And if you raised your hand today and you want to make that decision to invite Jesus into your life. I wanna tell you, I don't. I can't promise you that your circumstances are gonna change. I can promise you though that in an instant, your hope can change. In an instant, you can start becoming more like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. So if that's you, in the quietness of your heart, I just want you to say this, these words have no power. These words are not magical, but it's a way of articulating what's going on in your heart. Say, dear God, I need you. Would you come into my life would you be Lord of my life? Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for raising from the dead. And in the best way I know how, I will live for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, give God a hand for those people that have made that decision, but we ain't done. Give me a couple more minutes. For some of us in here, we have a relationship with Jesus, but we're struggling right now. We're at a low point in life. And here's the deal, our, our eyes are open, our heads are up, but this church is a family. I, and every person that comes to this doors of these church tells me how much this place feels like a family. So here's what we're gonna do. If you're in here today and you feel like you're at a low point in life, I just want you to raise your hand right now, come on. If you feel like you're at a low point in life, all right, we got one, one brave enough to raise your hand. We got one in the back right here. Come on, raise your hand, it's okay. And here's what I wanna do. I want us to stand up, everybody stand up. That's you today. Just keep your hand up. All right. Just keep your hand up. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Guess what? My hands up. My hands up. God, I pray for the people that have their hands up right now. Maybe if you're near somebody that has their hand up, come on, just lay a hand on them. And God, I just pray right now that you would bring peace. God, I pray that you would help them embrace where they are, help them remember where they came from. God, prepare them for where they're going. God, I pray that you would just begin to move. You would begin to work in the way that only you can do it, God. And I pray that that this would be the beginning of their journey back up to the mountaintop. Uh, Not so that we can get weak up there or we can be vulnerable up there, but because, man, you've designed us to go on this journey. Help us continue this journey today, God. We love you so much. We honor you. We praise you for everything that you've done. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, y'all give God a hand. Hit me that connect card, please. Y'all stay standing. We're wrapping up in 10 seconds, okay? Hey, if you uh, made a decision for Jesus today, or if you have something that we could be praying for, let me get back up here. If you have something we can be praying for, mark it on this. We want to pray for you or go visit Miss Kim outside or Ryan at the prayer area out there. Fill out a card, hang it up. We get those every week. We pray for you every week. There's people praying for you all the time. If you have a prayer need, fill it out. If you made a decision today for Jesus, mark this spot up here uh, that that indicates that decision. The very top one is today I'm committing my life to Jesus. If you prayed that prayer with me earlier, fill that out. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to help you in your journey. You all are on a journey. We all want to help you, and we're going to help you take this journey together because we're a family here at Oasis Church. Hey, I love you. Next week we got Mother's Day. Pastor Stephanie's going to be bringing the heat. Y'all give it up for her. It's going to be great. And then the following week we're going to be dedicating some kids. All right. So if you got a kid, please let us do that. We would, it's our honor to do that, and it's a church-wide thing. All right. So we cannot wait to see them. Y'all have a great week. If there's anything we can do, let us know, and we'll see y'all soon. We'll see y'all next. Next week at 10. All right. See you later.